And hello again, wrestling fans. My name is Sean, coming to you from London, Ontario, and welcome to episode number 33 of This Week in History. This week we're going to look at the week of July 30th to August 5th. I've been away for a little bit. Uh, we pre-recorded a couple other things uh, beforehand, so it's been a bit since we've uh, done one of these shows, or any podcast for that matter. Uh, summer's been up in the air. But I want to thank you for joining us uh, during your Thursday lunchtime whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, and, of course, listening to us on our audio versions of Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We definitely appreciate that. You can always contact us by contact going to scumbagswrestling at gmail.com, all over on our Facebook page, or check out our website, scumbagswrestling.ca. Now, I want to remind everybody that we are brought to you by our friends over at CoolBet. Remind you to stay cool and bet responsibly. And we want to encourage you to go over to our Pro Wrestling Tees store at prowrestlingtees.com backslash scumbagswrestling, where you can purchase any of our four t-shirts, including the special Ontario Indie Wrestling comic book cover, where the money from that will go to Stevens Wrestling Journey. Uh, you can get any of our other designs and get your scumbags gear we're going to be looking at doing some new designs for the fall and uh, definitely the new year so get these designs while they're still available over at prorescentees.com so want to thank you for being part of this and like i said we're going to do history but we can't do it without jonesy over in niagara falls how are you jonesy I'm pretty good. Just coming fresh off of doing the London Rip Fest. It went quite well. Attendance was close to 2019 for that area of Victoria Park. Uh, yeah, it, it did very well. And a lot of people are already talking about next year's festivals. And uh, I've been asked to now do 17 of them next year. So uh, I'm not sure about that. But um, I think I will. But I think I may not. I don't know. Yeah. It's still early, and uh, next season is still a long while away. I want to encourage everybody and thank everybody who did uh, turn out uh, to London Rip Fest, uh, making that a success. London, Ontario, on the map is one of the first uh, places doing actual festivals, and if you can uh, support uh, things that are local, definitely go out and do so. Ontario Independent Wrestling is getting uh, hot again. Uh, you'll find out more details about that later on on the Ontario uh, event listings during the uh, regular podcast. And, of course, uh, there is also one at the end of this month uh, with a hot sauce festival at ba Budweiser Gardens. Uh, Heat Wave is back at the uh, outdoor uh, event outside Budweiser Gardens, 28th and 29th of August, I believe. And those are our friends uh, over from London Comic Con. And uh, those guys putting that on with heat wave. So get out there, enjoy uh, the weather, get out there and uh, support local. And we're in London, Ontario. If you're anywhere in Ontario, you have basically only pretty much a two hour drive 
from us at most for any major places and you can get here and enjoy what we have to offer so do so and let's get on with this week in history july right. 30th to august 5th and we'll probably keep it under an hour this week as uh, it's a shorter uh, it's about eight pages long plus i am minus a screen so i'm mostly going to be looking at the script and not the pictures coming up but i will try so okay. here we go <clears throat> july 30th i'm going to start with the lovely miss elizabeth 36 years ago at a WWF Championship Wrestling taping in Poughkeepsie, uh, New York, Miss Elizabeth made her WWF debut. Miss Elizabeth would be revealed to be the manager of Randy Macho Man Savage after many managers were after the gig. Apparently, Melissa Ann Hyatt, uh, who did work for the WWF in 1987 as the host of the short-lived interview segment, Missy's Manor, also got the job as Savage's Manor. Almost got the job as Savage's manager. And I yeah. didn't know that Missy Hyatt actually worked for WWF first before her WCW days. I was uh, thrown off by that, too. I'd heard about it, but I never saw Missy Hyatt uh, being a part of uh, WD and no, I do love the way they did with Savage and didn't realize that they did it beforehand with him like they did uh, again with Bam Bam Bigelow when he came in. Uh, but I love that idea where all the managers are trying to get this hot free agent and each time uh, that that uh, role was done, that storyline was done, uh, all the managers got swerved by having somebody that wasn't even there show up. In this case, the lovely Miss Elizabeth, and we saw uh, the impact she had on the uh, Macho Man's career and wrestling in general. We uh, recently talked about her passing in uh, May, but you know, even with like I said, with Bam Bam, they brought in Oliver Humperdinck. It's a good uh, kind of story and a, a swerve. Can't overdo it, but you can't really do it right now unless AEW ends up doing it with all the managers that they have. Mm -hmm. So 20 years ago on Raw from Philly, X-Pac defeated Billy Kidman in a title-for-title -title match to retain the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship and win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship for a second time. Booker T defeated Kurt Angle in a no-DQ match to regain the WCW World Heavyweight Championship to become the five-time, five-time, yada, 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 WCW champ. Eleven years ago at a pro wrestling gorilla card, Scorpio Sky defeated Scott Lost. This was, this was billed as Lost's final match. Lost is one of the founders of PWG. He is now a comic book artist and did get back in the ring in 2011 for an all-star match. Nine years ago, the 1,000th and first episode of Monday Night Raw happened. The night started hot as a fire uh, on the Raw set, paused fans from coming in to the arena, the fans would still be piling in as the show is set to begin. On the show, Randy Orton would return from a 60-day suspension for violating the WWE wellness policy, and the main event saw John Zena and the Big Show go to a no contest in a number one contenders match for the WWE Championship. Yeah, and they even had a appearance with uh, CM Punk uh, doing a pipe bomb sit-in on the uh, 
raw commenting uh, desk at the time. And uh, in this picture that's on the screen, he's uh, delivering a speech with Jerry Lawler, uh, just sitting there watching him. And we'll probably end up seeing more like this if the rumors are true that CM Punk is AEW bound. Yes. It's a 74th birthday for mega superstar Arnold Schwarzenegger. And we know lots about him, so I don't really have to go through his history. July 31st, though we could if you want. What's your favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger moment in wrestling? How about that? Well, I do believe he was uh, on one of the uh, early editions of SmackDown and was handed a uh, championship belt. And if I recall right, he did also take out Triple H on that night. Yes, I do remember that. So we're going to move on to July 31st, 42 years ago at a WWF taping of Championship uh, Wrestling. Roddy Roddy Piper and Tony Atlas both made their WWF debuts. Piper would only stay briefly for three matches in MSG. Uh, leave then returned for his big run in 84. In Tony's first year in the WWF saw him to be the first to press slam and pin Hulk Hogan in the WWF. Mr. USA's win came with an asterisk, uh, of course. Uh, Hogan's foot was on the bottom rope. No way. Yes, sir. <coughs> yeah, yes, uh, it was. Pardon me. It's hard to believe that Piper was there just for a brief time and then came back and was such a uh, superstar and being yes, uh, the catalyst to uh, WrestleMania, uh, first main event, and then uh, being a big part of WrestleMania 2. And everything they did for WD, but only a short time uh, with three matches in his first run. I love the rowdy one. 37 years ago in Tokyo, Japan, Giant Baba defeated Stan Hansen to win the PWF World Heavyweight Championship. 35 years ago in Tokyo, Japan as well, Stan Hansen defeated Jumbo uh, Tatsutra. Uh, to win the NWA International Heavyweight Championship. Also on the card, Hiro Sato defeated Brad Armstrong in a tournament final to become the first PWF World Junior Heavyweight Champion. Moving on, 33 years ago, WWF presented WrestleFest 88 from the Milwaukee County Stadium. 25,866 uh, fans, as I counted each and single one of them back in them days, were in attendance. However, only 2,300 were actually on the edge of their seats. Yes, yes, I wrote that joke. Uh, Bad News Brown defeated Bret Hart. Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeated the Honky Tonk Man via DQ in a WWF Intercontinental Championship match. Macho Man Randy Savage uh, defeated Ted DiBiase to retain the WWF Championship. Ultimate Warrior defeated Bobby Heenan. As a result of Heenan's loss, he was forced to wear a weasel suit. And I do believe I have seen this one um, on VHS a few times. And Hulk Hogan defeated Andre the Giant in a steel cage match. That yeah, sounds like a fantastic card when you run down it. That's a pretty good card. Yeah, the uh, a lot of top names on there. I don't know about the whole Duggan Hockey Talk Man match, but you know it is what it is. That's uh, right. But the, the other matches uh, sounded really good because I think Bad News Brown was very underrated. Uh, but the, 
him and Brett would have known each other from uh, the Stampede days when Bad News Allen uh, was mm-hmm. working for Stampede. Um, so, yeah, really good card looking there, I believe. Uh, it probably is on the WD Network or Peacock if you're watching us from the U.S. Uh, but, yeah, they brought out the big blue cage for Hogan and Andre and uh, did that. And I definitely recall seeing uh, the Warrior and Heenan uh, weasel suit match. Whether it was on uh, Russell Fest, um, VHS, or definitely the self destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD, those uh, definitely existed mm. to be seen. I see, that's a good match for Andre to be in. He's not that mobile. Now he's got a whole cage that he can slink around on. And... All right, gonna go back now. 21 years ago on Nitro, Lance Storm defeated Chavo Guerrero via submission to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. This win made Storm the only WCW Triple uh, Champion to hold three WCW titles at the same time as he also held the United States and Hardcore titles. Well, and as you see in this picture, he changed the, the logo of all those belts and put a Canadian flag and the U.S. title became the Canadian title. Um, the, uh, I think the cruiserweight one, if that's what he had, was like a uh, something kilo uh, championship belt. And then, of course, the one that's on his uh, left shoulder uh, was, uh, I guess, at one point named the Stu Hart uh, international title, but because of it spelling out the word shit, uh, they changed it uh, uh, in protest to the Saskatchewan Hardcore uh, International title. Uh, so still saying shit, but uh, yes. was removed from uh, the belt and association with that acronym. Yikes. 11 years ago, Adam Pierce defeated uh, Chance Prophet, Jimmy Rave, and John Tempers in a four-way match to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. It's a happy 52nd birthday for David Cash, best known to wrestling fans as Kid Cash. He would gain popularity in part because he looks like Kid Rock. He is also a former brief ECW TV champ. He would leave ECW after it shut down to join WCW just before its demise. Uh, he joined TNA and become the NWA tag champ twice, go to the WWE and hold the cruiserweight title for six weeks. He'd do the indie scene and back to TNA in 2010. He would leave TNA again in 2013 and retire in the indies uh, on December of 2015. I'm not sure the exact date in December, but... There you go. And it's a happy 59th birthday for John Hodger laryngitis. Yeah, this guy yeah, totally uh, boggles my mind with who he's related to, how he's presented and everything. Like, just so different than what you would ever imagine this guy to be. Because if you look back at his uh, some of his original looks, he had the blonde spiked hair. Uh, sort of mullet and was teamed with Shane Douglas doing the dynamic dudes coming in on skateboards. Sometimes he didn't ride the skateboard because God forbid he actually learned how. Uh, so you got this neon goof uh, with a 90s uh, sort of look to him. 
I wish I'd found that picture uh, to show an example. But then, you know, he becomes a uh, star in Japan, gets hired by WCW as an executive, gets hired by Jim Ross uh, as his uh, protege or something like that uh, in WWE and gets this whole uh, suit position. And that's what you see on screen right now. And he became the general manager and people power and rode around on scooter. He's back uh, after being let go for a little while. But then to realize that he is the brother of Road Warrior Animal. And he's now the father-in-law to Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson because he married Brie and Nikki Bella's mom. Like, oh my God, this whole family, the way that's all connected. Now Road Warrior Animal, Brian Danielson and John Laronitis and the Bella twins are one family. Who would have ever thought that would have happened? All right, on the August 1st, 144 years ago today, George Carl Julius Hagenschmidt, a famed pro wrestler and strongman. He was born on August 1st, 1877. His feats of strength astounded anyone that witnessed them, among them lifting a small horse, lifting 276 pounds with one hand, and bench pressing a 335-pound barbell from the wrestler's bridge position, he would become a prize cyclist, wrestler, and weightlifter. He would die at the age of 90. He was introduced into the 2016 WWE Hall of Fame. And as you can tell, if you're looking at the picture on the screen, he was a beautiful man. Very Big strange. legs, wow. 49 years ago, wrestler and promoter Ray Fred Ray Gunkel died of heart uh, trauma following a match against Ox Baker. Uh, Gunkel would suffer a deadly uh, blood clot hours after Ox Baker delivered the heart punch during a match. He was only 48. Uh, the, the punch itself is not what killed him. It was a ongoing, I believe, uh, heart condition he had, and it was only aggravated, I believe, by the punch. But anyways, Baker would use that, and uh, he actually was able to claim that he killed the guy in the ring. So good for him. I guess. 27 years ago on Monday Night Raw, Shawn Michaels defeated Razor Ramon in Michaels' first match since WrestleMania 10. Uh, Bo Nicano and Lundra Blaze fought to a double countout. This wasn't the first time Nicano wrestled in the WWF ring. She did that way back in 1986 against Velvet McIntyre and Don Marie Johnson. Yeah, Vince McMahon, sorry, go ahead. I tried to find a photo of that, and mm. it's not uh, possible, but it's so amazing to see what she looked like then in 93, and I got to see her in 2018, and totally different woman. Yes. Yes, very pretty woman. See, I knew she was pretty, even when she came in as Nakano with the big hair. I, there's a pretty lady there. You remember me? I used to say, hey, that's a pretty lady. Yep. Yeah, you didn't believe me. <laughs> I tried that same thing with... Uh, um, God, I can't remember the other much fatter women wrestler. I can't remember now. I thought she was kind of pretty too. Anyways, Vince McMahon on that show was back on Raw after time away dealing with the steroid trial. Uh, they also taped a SummerSlam spectacular that would air in place of Raw for the next week. 
And in the main event of that show, the underfaker, Brian Lee, would defeat Sonny Rogers. Yeah, and then I just recently heard, because uh, you're talking about the Vince McMahon being back on Raw first time after dealing with the steroid trial, that they're actually going to make some sort of fictional TV show involving the U.S. government versus Vince McMahon. Hmm. Uh, and that could be a very, actually, interesting watch, depending how they do it. So uh, look forward to that coming out uh, mm-hmm. soon. And so there's a couple of other uh, things. I think uh, Netflix is doing a Vince McMahon documentary as well. So Vince, hmm. after all these years of not being totally open to his personal life being seen and all that, looks like he's going to be uh, cashing in on his likeness whether it's uh, somebody playing him in 1993-94 or with cameras following him around for a change and not on his own network doing a documentary. Mm-hmm. Will be interesting. I will definitely watch that. 15 years ago on ECW from New York City, CM Punk makes his WWE in-ring debut with a submission victory over Just Incredible. The main event featured Big Show defeating Bautista by DQ. The match blew, and the fans at the Hammerstein let them know it uh, with chants like boring, same old shit, and changed the channel. It turned out to be the last card at the ballroom until Raw um, 25. And I only question that because they did have a match there, did they not? At the Raw 25 at the Hammerstein? Yeah, during Raw 25 they did uh, a match and also... Uh, DX was there, um, and everybody, uh, that I think Seth Rollins, a couple others, uh, did a segment. Jerry Lawler and uh, JR were there, and that was one of the things that did not impress JR for being brought in for just a little bit of a segment, yeah. uh, that was done at the Hammerstein. But you know, they still got to get a paycheck that day, so be happy and. Might not have been the best uh, thing, but what can you do when you got three-hour yep. show between two uh, uh, different arenas? Now he knows how some of the sidecast of, uh, of the original Star Trek felt. So, 10 years ago on Raw from Indiana, uh, Beth Phoenix last eliminates the Bella Twins, Brie and Nikki, uh, to earn a WWE Divas Championship match at SummerSlam. And during the match, Gil Kim was instructed to be eliminated within the first minute of the match. She So she eliminated herself by going under the bottom rope. That would be the last appearance for her as she quit the WWE four days later. Very good talent uh, in Gail Kim. Yes. But uh, I think she was better served uh, in the long run going over to TNA and uh, being an inspiration and... Uh, leader for the women over there well I, I think at that time if you wanted to wrestle and be you may not make as much money but if you want to wrestle and hone your craft they'd be better to do it over at tna at that time oh, of course six years ago in rio de janeiro brazil ronda rousey defeated uh beth karina uh, sorry Car- Korea, there we go, uh, by a knockout in just 34 seconds to retain the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship. 
After the match, he dedicated the victory to Rowdy Rowdy Piper, who died just a day earlier. Yeah, it was at camp when I heard about uh, Roddy dying yeah. uh, six years ago, and it was just like, whoa, what? I would have been at a, let's see, when, when was this? How many, six years? Yeah, I would have been at a rib fest. That would have been sad. I remember hearing about Michael Jackson at a, at a festival as well. Anywho, August 2nd, <clears throat> 59 years ago in Toronto, uh, in a title defense, the NWA champion lost to Bruno San Martino. However, San Martino declined the title due to Rogers suffering a groin injury during the match. Oh, that's so nice of him. Sure. 29 years ago in Baltimore, Ron Simmons defeated Big Dan Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Simmons was a replacement after Sting was taken out by the WCW debut of Jake the Snake Roberts on a taping of Saturday night. A draw was done to determine a new challenger. Never trust a snake, Stink. Just want to go back uh, a moment sure. uh, because we yeah, got distracted by talking about Roddy Roddy Piper. But also on August first uh, is the 49th birthday of Devon Edgar Hughes, also known as TNA and WD Hall of Famer Devon Dudley. Devon Dudley, and he uh, works backstage as an agent for WD, and has two twin sons that would be nice if they ever made their way to WWE. And imagine the twin sons of Devon versus the twin sons. Of uh, Alpha, or sorry, of uh, Rikishi, should I say, being the Usos against the mm -hmm. Hughes uh, twins. And of course, it is happy 56th birthday to Michael Layali Hainer, uh, also known as two time former WCW Cruiserweight champion and TV, TV champion Prince Ikea. Yeah. I liked him when he was Prince Ikea. Ikea, Ikea. <laughs> Prince Ikea, that's funny. Anyways, I'm just going to continue. Uh, yeah, I liked him until they changed his persona. So we're moving on now. We're back on August 2nd. Thank you for covering those that I missed. Um, there we go, Ron Simmons. So 29 years ago in Baltimore, Ron Simmons defeated Big Van Vader to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Simmons was a replacement after Sting was taken out by the WCW debut of Jake Snake Roberts. On the taping of Saturday Night, a draw was done to determine a new challenger, Never Trust a Snake Sting. And I just read that before that. I just remember now. Oh, well. That's okay. Just pretend it was an 8-track and he accidentally pressed the button. There you go. 23 years ago, ECW presented Hardcore 98 from Dayton, Ohio. This would be ECW's most watched pay-per-view. Masato Tanaka defeated Mike Awesome. Sabu and Rob Van Dam defeated Hayabusa and Jinzi Shinzaki to retain the ECW World Tag Team Championship. Taz defeated Bam Bam Bigelow via submission and a falls count anywhere. Match to retain the FTW Championship. And Tommy Dreamer, the Sandman, and Spike Dudley defeated Bubba Ray, uh, Devon, and Big Dick Dudley. 16 years ago, at a Velocity taping, the only title change on the entire run of the show happened as Nunzio defeated Paul London to win the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. That's a good trivia question right there. <clears throat> 
Yeah. 13 years ago, Ric Flair was released from WWE just four months after his retirement match at WrestleMania 24. Okay, Flair requested his... Again. Sorry, go ahead. And he asked for his request uh, or his release just a few days ago and got it. Now rumored to be showing up, not surprisingly enough, over in AEW as a manager. And you know what? That's fine. WWE ain't going to sweat it. They'll be fine. He wasn't happy with his creative, so he asked for his release. That saves WWE some more money. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, do, do, do. So Flair uh, would go work for TNA until he finally got fired for bugging TNA to fire him. Uh, TNA filed a tampering lawsuit against Flair for deliberately trying to get fired. He'd, of course, returned to the WWE in 2012. And now he's gone again. 13 years ago, Ring of Honor presented Death Before Dishonor 6. Uh, Eddie Edwards defeated Ruddick Strong. Brent Albright defeated Adam Pierce to win the NWA World Heavyweight Belt. Austin Aries defeated Jimmy Jacobs and Necro Butcher. And uh, Nigel McGuinness defeated Brian Danielson, Claudio Castanillo, and Tyler Black in a four-way elimination match to retain the ROH World Championship. It's a happy 57th birthday for George Ernesto Guzman Rodriguez, a.k.a. luchador legend El Hijo de Cento, uh, Santito, uh, as he is sometimes called. He would be the only sibling of 10 to follow in his legendary father's footsteps, El Santo, and he'd do it without his father's blessing. Ooh. He would go on to win the Rookie of the Year in 83, win the UWA World Lightweight Championship in 85, the UWA and WWA's Walter Wade titles in 91, and he would join the newly formed Triple A in 91. He would go on to great success and even star in his own animated series. Well, he looks like a superhero as being a luchador. Yes, absolutely. Not, su not surprised that he is. Lots he of silver. I'm not a fan of the silver and green combo, but hey. August 3rd, 25 years ago, ECW presented The Doctor Is In from the ECW Arena in Philly. This would be the ECW debut of Dr. Death Steve Williams. Mikey Whipwreck defeated Devon Storm to retain the European Junior Heavyweight Championship. Two Cold Scorpio defeated Chris Jericho in Jericho's final ECW appearance. Taz and Brian Lee defeated Tommy Dreamer and Dr. Death Steve Williams. And Sabu defeated Rob Van Dam in a stretcher match. And I have seen that stretcher match. It is quite fun. 24 years ago, WWF presented SummerSlam Heart and Soul from New Jersey. Michael Cole would make his debut uh, replacing Todd Pettengill in his final WWF appearance. Mankind defeated Hunter Hearst Helmsley in a steel cage match. Goldust defeated Brian Pillman. As a result of the match, Pillman was forced to wear a dress the next night on Raw. Unfortunately, I remember that. Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't have to kiss Owen's ass after he defeated the King Hearts to win the WWF IC belt. And Sean, tell us about what went down at the end of this match. Yeah, uh, that was a, a very awkward thing because, unfortunately, the... Uh, 
the hearts were painted into a corner in a way where uh, there was a stipulation that if the hearts lost, something was going to happen to them. Um, later on, you're going to mention what the main event uh, the stipulation with that. But there was a uh, British Bulldog. If he uh, lost to Shamrock, he was going to have to eat dog food. You mentioned about uh, Pillman uh, having to wear a dress if he lost and he did lose. And then you got Owen, who if uh, Austin had lost, he was going to have to kiss uh, Owen's ass. And that wasn't going to ever happen. Uh, and obviously it wasn't scheduled to happen, but then unfortunately Owen did a tombstone pile driver and instead of dropping to his knees, he jumped and went ass first onto the mat and, uh, Steve's head was a little bit below Owen's thighs and it totally jammed up Austin's neck and Owen was able to, uh, waste some time and gloat in front of the fans while Steve was trying to get feeling back into his fingers, because uh, he'd lost finger, uh, feeling there, and he was talking to the referee and everything, and unfortunately, because they needed to keep the stipulation away from him kissing Owen's ass, they had to come up with a way of getting out of the match and the title onto Steve, and it was a very weak schoolboy, which Owen just laid there for, and Steve got the title, didn't have to kiss Owen's ass, and things were right with the world, at least for that night. But then they uh, found out damage to Steve's neck and having to give up the title and, and unfortunately shortened Steve Austin's career uh, drastically by having that uh, botched tombstone power driver. And I think in the history of Owen's career, that's probably the only time a heart, for that matter, ever accidentally hurt somebody in the ring. Yeah, that was tough to watch, and thankfully, uh, Austin was able to come back, even though not for as long as I'm sure he'd like to have. And on that main event, Bret Hart defeated The Undertaker to win the WWF Championship. Shawn Michaels was the special referee. Late in the bout, Michaels would hit Undertaker with a steel chair intended for Bret after Brett spat in Sean's face. With the win, Hart joined Hulk Hogan as the only five-time WWF champion in company history. Yeah, that match, um, I guess uh, we don't have the stipulation for that one, but had uh, Undertaker retained the championship and uh, Brett lost, he was not going to be able to wrestle on American soil ever again. This was during the uh, time when Canada and U.S., it re- just fell in a really good place. Uh, we're battling each other, and th- the Canadians were good when they were in uh, in Canada, and the Americans were heels, and the Canadians were heels in the U.S., and the Americans were faces. And uh, a unique time when people could uh, bounce back and forth and play the different roles uh, in the ring in front of the fans. And then, of course... Uh, I was going to point out with the fact that you mentioned that uh, Brett spit in uh, Sean's face. Brett has a way of having really thick loogies that you can uh, tell that they got hit with something because he did it to Sean at the SummerSlam and then uh, to uh, Vince at Survivor Series. And you could tell that was loaded. So He can make big loaded loogies. Pardon me, I'm having trouble with my voice. 
Yeah, no problem. It's a <clears throat> it's a happy fifty fifth birthday for Eric Scott Ash, uh, aka mixed Ar martial artist Butterbean. Sean, if you can take this, I can't talk. <clears throat> yeah, no problem. Butterbean uh, was known uh, in WWE for uh, showing up at WrestleMania fifteen and uh, knocking out. The winner of the Brawl for All, the ill-fated Brawl for All tournament that uh, WD put on, uh, that being Bart Gunn, in record time. Um, I see Butterbean here, just a really massive man of really needing to get a suntan, but uh, looks meaner here than he did at WrestleMania uh, 15, especially adding the goatee. But uh, yeah, Butterbean... Uh, really only made that one appearance in the world of uh, professional wrestling when the rest of the time spent. You could have uh, played a real good Friar Tuck. Yes, doing mixed martial arts. <laughs> Are you back? Oh, I'm here. Okay. You can continue. <clears throat> okay. Uh, it's also a... It would have been the 86th birthday for William D. Haystacks Calhoun. Isaac Calhoun was a very large man <clears throat> who uh, could just barely get around. It looked like I unfortunately never got to see Isaac Calhoun, but uh, yeah, uh, he would have been his 60, 86th birthday on August 3rd. All right, I'm going to try this again. <clears throat> August 4th, 32 years ago, World Class Wrestling Association merged with the Memphis-based Continental Wrestling Association to form the United States Wrestling Association. Man, that's a lot of associations. Yeah, so that's basically the Von Erichs uh, merging with uh, Lawler and uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett uh, with the control staying basically with Lawler and... Uh, Jarrett for that. And then, of course, Lawler was like 50-time uh, champion, losing it every other week to somebody new or whatever. Crazy amount of time. But when you're the owner, you can book yourself that way. Yeah, but it makes the belt useless. <clears throat> Pretty much. 26 years ago, SMW presented Super Bowl Wrestling from Knoxville, Tennessee. The Heavenly Bodies would defeat the Thugs, which was Tony Anthony and Tracy Smothers, to win the SMW Tag Team Championship. The Bodies would turn out to be the last SMW Tag Team Champs as the promotion would shut down five months later. And that would be December. At least, 24 uh, Jim, oh, sorry. At least Jim Cornette landed on his feet and brought the Heavenly Bodies with him uh, mm -hmm. to WWE. And Dr. Tom Pritchard is still uh, somewhat working with WWE and also has his own wrestling school with the mayor of Knox County, Kane. Mm. That and is of course, cool. Yeah, of course, Corny has his uh, two podcasts and is not short on controversy. No, not at all. 24 years ago on the 100th episode of WCW Monday Night uh, Monday Nitro, yikes, uh, Lex Luger defeated Hollywood Hogan via submission to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. This was Luger's second gold title win. It wouldn't last long as Hogan won it back five days later at Road Wild in 97. 
The 100th episode was really number 99, as WCW counted the internet-only Nitro as an episode. 13 years ago on Raw from Knoxville, Tennessee, Batista and John Cena defeated Legacy, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase Jr., to win the WWE World Tag Team Championship. However, they would drop the titles back to Legacy one week later. Hot potato. Hot potato. It's a happy 40th birthday of Frank Gilderman, a.k.a. Frankie Kazarian. Uh, he is a five-time TNA X Division champion and twice tag team champion. He also won the PWG World title once, once in 2003, or sorry, he won it twice, once in 2003 and again in 2004. After spending nearly a decade in TNA, he would have a run in ROH, winning the tag titles with Christopher Daniels, and he pop, would pop up in AEW, and I think he's still there. Yeah, he's still there, and uh, him and Daniels uh, ended up adding Scorpio Sky as part of SCU, and they were the first ever uh, AEW tag team champions. Nice. Uh, it's a happy 55th birthday to Kenzuki Sasaki. Uh, Sasaki is one of just two men to hold every major uh, Pursuo heavyweight champion uh, championships, which was five times IWGP heavyweight champion, the All Japan Triple Crown uh, Championship, and Pro Wrestling Noah's GHC heavyweight championship. He also briefly held the WCW United States Championship in late of 95. It's a happy 60th birthday to Dean Simon, a.k.a. the man of a thousand holds, Dean Malenko. He's a two-time ECW television champion, four-time WCW Cruiserweight champion, United States champion, and tag team champion, and twice lightweight heavyweight champion in the WWF. Yeah, the he's sorry, he's currently uh, working as a coach over in uh, AEW after uh, many years mm -hmm. working behind the scenes in WWE. And uh, people may or may not know this uh, little tidbit, but you <clears throat> his real name being Dean Simon. Oh, yeah. Well, those who were uh, fans of Nova in ECW uh, when he came over to WWE as a fitness guru. Simon Dean. Simon was Dean. named after Dean Malenko. Hmm. Cool. Did not know that. Uh, let's see now. The 80s, where's the beef lady, Clara Peller, would have been 105 today. She would only be the Wendy's um, uh, spokesman for a year after she was let go, after she did a Prego sauce commercial. Big conspiracy there, apparently. She would make an appearance at WrestleMania 2, declaring her famous line referring to the 200-man battle royal. 200, that must be 20-man battle royal. I don't remember 200 people in there. Uh, she would pass away in 87, nine days before her 85th birthday. Yeah, I think uh, the Prego people ended up having her use the where's the beef uh, line, which I'm surprised that, well, and doesn't say in your report, that uh, Wendy's didn't go after Prego for a copyright infringement on that one, yeah. but because she took that gimmick from Wendy's and moved over to uh, Prego and did the same thing, obviously without their permission because they're not the same company, 
that's what ended up screwing her over. Yep. Oh, well. What you going to do? You get famous, then you screw it up. Then you die. Kick, a, kick an 85-year-old lady to the curb. Yeah. August 5th, uh, 34 years ago, at a WCW Worldwide taping in St. Joseph, Missouri, Big Joss, Dustin Rhodes, and Tom Zink defeated the fabulous Freebirds, uh, being Bad Street, Jimmy Garvin, and Michael Hayes, to win the WCW World Six-Man Tag Team Championship. And we have, actually, Doink the Clown, Goldust, and the Z-Man. Hmm. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, 25 years ago in Tokyo, Japan. Actually, that's kind of a, that's a neat kind of little game is give the real names and, uh, or sorry, names that they were and what's the names they are now. Anyways, 25 years ago in Tokyo, Japan, the great Suzuki would defeat the Ultimo Dragon to win the J-Crown Tournament. That win had him hold eight uh, junior heavyweight championships. The ones he did, I will not go through every single one, but the IWGP Junior, the NWA Junior, uh, also the NWA World Welterweight, uh, the War International Junior, the UWA World Junior, WWA World Junior, British Commonwealth, and the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. And a fun fact after all that, Suzuki was rushed to the hospital after the match due to fracturing his skull during the bout. But he would make a recovery. I don't know about full, but he made a recovery. Nine years ago, Triple A presented Triple Mania 20 from Mexico City. Some of the matches on that card, La Hermada 187, Joe uh, Linder and Psychosis were defeated by Cheese Man or sorry, Chessman and Juventud Guerrera, La Familiaria uh, del Tijuana, why did I screw that one up, Extra Tiger and Halloween, and the Hart Foundation 2.0, being Jack Evans and Teddy Hart, in a pre-Jash's Suicidas uh, steel cage match. As a result of being the last team eliminated, Lidder and Psychosis had to compete against each other in a hair versus hair match later in the show. Uh, Lighter would uh, lose the match and his hair. Team Joaquin Roldan, being Electroshock in L.A. Park, defeated Team Dorian uh, Roldan, being Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle, in a tag team hair versus hair match. Dorian's hair was shaved. El Masis uh, defeated El Hijo del Perro Aguaro uh, to retain the AAA World Heavyweight Championship. And finally, Dr. Wagner Jr. defeated Mascara and O2000 Jr. in a mask versus mask match. Wow, some of their names and all those numbers. God. I would like to maybe at least see some of this without commentary because I wouldn't uh, probably understand it, but the action was probably uh very quick and uh i don't mind the foreign good. commentary i i watch i watch a lot of you know the older japanese stuff the hardcore crap and it's uh i i don't know sometimes it I don't need to understand uh you just listen to the tone of their voice and you just go from there kind of like watching a um uh subtitle film Anyways, in a happy 68th birthday, or sorry, it's a happy 68th 
birthday to Wallace Stanfield Lane, a.k.a. Stan Lane. Lane was a part of the Fabulous Ones with Steve Kern, who was... Skinner. Thank you. In the early 1980s. In the late 80s, he, along with Bobby Eaton, formed a rebooted Midnight Express, winning the NWA United States Tag Team titles three times and the World Tag Team titles once. He was also part of the original Heavenly Bodies with Tom Pritchard uh, holding the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag titles five times in the promotion's brief history. And, of course, and Lane was a part of the WWF broadcasting team for about a year in the mid-90s. Yeah, uh, and if you go back and see some of the uh, Fabulous One videos, they're kind of almost like Chippendale, I guess, sort yeah. of uh, videos. And you don't imagine two guys that look like them with bleach blonde hair and brown beards and mustaches being... Yeah, no. It's just... They look really... a little gay. Yeah. The bottom one's fine. That left top one, yikes. Yeah, well, watch uh, old videos of the fabulous <laughs> ones. Uh, a couple birthdays, and then we're all done for this week. It's a happy 74th birthday to Rick Derringer. He's the voice behind Hogan's Real American theme and the Demolition theme as well. And he did a duet of his rock and roll hoochie coo with uh, Mean Gene Oakland. Uh, he broke into the big time as a member of the McCoys with their number one hit, uh, Hang On Sloopy, which I heard him perform at one of the Rock the Parks. He did not do the Real American, which was really sad. He was also a guest musician on Kiss's 1983 album, Lick It Up. And last birthday goes to Mildred Burke. Uh, we've talked about her before. Uh, it would be her 106th birthday. Uh, the icon, she was posthumously inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame inaugural legacy class in 2016. And that is it for this week in wrestling. Of course, it is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front row seats to history. And a big thank you to, of course, our sponsor, CoolBet. Coolbet.com and sports book betting and casino games. Yes, as always, we want to thank them for being a part of the show. I want to thank you for being a part of it, whether you're watching on uh, YouTube or Facebook, listening to us anywhere on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcast from. We appreciate feedback. I am going to actually be off for a little while uh, from my regular job uh, because I'm having a surgery. So I'm going to have plenty of time to be able to do some uh, extra podcasts, uh, maybe do some interviews. We'll see what uh, I uh, get uh, going with to uh, spend my downtime and not make it fully downtime and uh, get some creative uh, juices going with this. So if you'd like to be a part of the show, know anybody you'd like to see part of the show, whether this one or our podcast, doing interviews, uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament, have an idea for a show that you'd like to see us do. You know, we can see about uh, doing that. And, uh, yeah, I got some downtime set, and we'll look to do something creative with it. So get in touch with us over at uh, Twitter, Instagram, over on our Facebook page. Email me at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. Check out our website, scumbagswrestling.ca. And uh, 
yeah, always uh, find a way of contacting us. And you can also get your apparel at prowrestlingtees.com backslash scumbagswrestling and support Steven's wrestling journey with buying a t-shirt. So thank you for being a part of this. Get in touch with us if you'd like to be a part of a show or have an idea for one. And we will see you later on with an update on two weeks of uh, wrestling uh, later on this evening. As I went on vacation last week and missed the show. So we got two weeks to catch up on. And let's do that. Anything else you'd like to uh, plug before we get out of here? Um, nothing I can think of the bat. Um, no, hot, hot sauce expo end of this month, yes. London, August 28th and 29th. Check out hot sauce, chicken wings, beer, hot sauce. What more do you want? So check and them out. I'm sure out. you can follow them on Facebook. They got to be on Facebook. Yep. They're on Facebook and they have their own website. So, uh, check out hot sauce, uh, expo coming to London at the end of the month, August 28th and 29th. London is not that far from wherever you are. So join us. Have a good one. If you want a variety of wrestling news and history, look no further than the Scumbags of Wrestling family of shows. On Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., join Sean, Stephen, and Jonesy as we look for the best of the best and break it all down in a unique tournament format on Fantasy Warfare Tournament. Then Thursdays at noon, take a look back at the rich history of our great sport, with This Week in History, we live title changes, births, deaths, and some of the best events of all time. Finally, join us for the latest in wrestling news, show results, and predictions Thursday nights at 8 p.m. for the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. The Scumbags Wrestling can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Instagram, along with our audio versions on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. We're a proud part of the Ontario Indie Wrestling Podcast Network and the Johnners Podcast Network.